Warning! This podcast is different from other podcasts. These episodes contain dangerous choices, perilous tangents, and unwavering silliness. The choices made on this podcast may lead to success or disaster. But remember, you are responsible because you choose to listen. Good luck. Podcast where three grown-ups try to beat a children's game. I'm Ian. I'm Chris. I'm Mark. And today we're reading Choose Your Own Adventure number 83, Track of the Bear, by the original uh first first man to the table, R.A. Montgomery. It's Track of the Bear, not Tracks Fuck, of I'm the sorry, Bear. Yeah. So actually I no no no, you said it right. I'm just commenting on like I don't actually know what this title means. Yeah, I assumed it was an ice cream, but uh, this is, I'm completely out of my depth now. It could also, could it also be like an experimental sort of prog rock album that really is just one long track called Track of the Bear? Oh my God, a prog rock album where like uh, song one is like Track of the Wolf and song two is like song Track of the Eagle. Fuck yes. A lot of people felt Track of the Turtle was a little too slow, but I I liked the tempo difference. (laughs) Chris, that was a really good joke. I liked it. <laughs> I thought track of the goose was too monogamous. <laughs> uh, but this does look like a good one. This, uh, this has a boy on the cover wearing a snow jacket. He's in bear peril. Bear peril. <laughs> yeah. Warning. Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures. Trails to trek through the Arctic tundra, dangerous art thieves to stalk, and even a family mystery to unravel. I'm excited already. There's so many things. This sounds like actually a good book. Like, I feel like this is going to be a good one. You've jinxed us. <laughs> all, all the choices will be so meaningful and the characters so engaging. Uh, we'll get murdered in the goriest of fashions. 20 pages in, your first choice is... <laughs> yeah. The hilarious bits will write themselves. <laughs> From time to time, you'll have to make choices and decisions. Your choices may lead to disaster or to success. And your decisions may lead (laughs) to Florida or Mexico. (laughs) Good instinct, Mark. Good jokes. Guys, we're on a roll. We're so in sync. It's because of all that mind meld we played before we started recording. We did. 40 minutes of mind meld. (laughs) Because of all that mastermind we watched before the recording. Oh, man, with Patrick Stewart. Wait. Oh, what's what's that shitty uh, DreamWorks cartoon? Mega, Mega, Mega Mind. Megamind, uh. Mega Man? But be careful. Is there a hungry polar bear waiting around the next corner? <laughs> Do you know enough to survive the Arctic wilderness if you get lost? Are you ready to tackle international art thieves? Ah, oh, so good. Go low. You're very, very yeah, light. Dude, yeah. Turn the page and begin your adventures to find out. Good luck. Guys, I, my number one concern right now is that we won't get to experience all three of these things in one path. You I know hope what I mean? we don't, though, because, like, don't they fuck up when they try to put in too much stuff at once? Uh, but, like, I've been promised polar bears and art thieves and I just and also a family mystery. I just I really want all those things to be one big plot. I wish this wasn't a choose your own adventure book. I think that's what I'm saying. <laughs> 
Look, uh, just like in Avengers Endgame, I think R.A. Montgomery is more than capable of threading the many disparate threads uh, of the Choose Your Own Adventure cinematic universe into a satisfying ending. Yeah, remember, uh, canonically, these all do happen to one kid. Yeah. Yeah, so we're giving this one to Ian to edit now so that by the time it comes out, Avengers Endgame spoilers won't be a concern. <laughs> you think they'll still uh, be a concern <laughs> in 18 months? I don't <laughs> All right, page one. Are we ready, gentlemen? Yeah. I just want to comment real quick. Uh, the, this is the, maybe the best picture I've seen in a Choose Your Own Adventure. It really is. It's so much conflict. It's clearly like a 16-year-old boy who is frustrated that he can't read this newspaper. <laughs> no, that is, a, that is a 10-year-old homeowner who is yeah. fucking pissed yeah. about his property taxes. Mm-hmm. Look at his polo shirt. Yeah. That, like, slightly too big polo shirt. This 10-year-old child has a child. Yeah. The For next, sure. the, he, he, he went to the uh, town hall meeting and he voted against this fucking, uh, oh, I wish I could know words. What's the word? Bridge tax. Millage increase. That's it. Oh, there, yeah, yeah. Or bridge tax. Also bridge tax. He voted against employing those bridge trolls. Like this kid looks like he just said, God damn it. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> but it came out in his kid voice. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. He looks like he. He looks like he's about to hit puberty. Like, he's basically rolled up on puberty. <laughs> That's it. He's like, what are these hairs under my arms? Fuck. I'm just trying to read Garfield. I'm so sweaty now. <laughs> All right. You're angry. Yes. Angrier than you've ever been in your life. Millage tax! <laughs> just this morning, you read in the Toronto Globe and Mail that a movie is being made in Hollywood about the famous Arctic explorer Evan Arthur Skagel who supposedly discovered the far northern island of Skagelmere. Wow, it just happened to be named after him. Yeah, no, good thing he discovered it. Mm-hmm. According to the article, the explorer's great-grandson, Evan Arthur Skagel IV, sold the movie rights for $1 million. What makes you so angry is that your family has always believed that Red Olson, your great-grandfather, discovered that island. But you have no proof to back your claim, just... Impotent rage. (laughs) Like, just the angriest you've ever been. Red Olsen was an experienced and successful explorer. He and Skagel left on their expeditions from different points on the Arctic Ocean at approximately the same time. Skagel returned victorious. Red Olsen and his Eskimo companion vanished without a trace. Over the years, the glory has gone to the Skagel family. Now there's going to be a movie about Skagel, and it makes you fucking furious. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like the returning is part of the success of, of, yeah. of discovering things. Yeah, like, like, maybe he found it. Maybe he found it first. The <laughs> Wright brothers invented flying, not the first person to throw himself off a cliff. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. good point. Return trip is pretty crucial. Yeah. 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 Still angry, you glance at your most prized possession— a faded brown photograph of Red Olson. In the photograph, he's holding a carving of a polar bear whose legs are stretched out in a strange position. Red Eagle. (laughs) Uh, The bear looks over its shoulder, uh, sort of gesturing uh, with its nose uh, like it wants to fuck. This bear wants to fuck. It looks as if it's It's, flying. It's got one claw just kind of like dangling out of its mouth uh, playfully. Yeah. As a 10-year-old, you don't know what's going on, but as a homeowner, you're intrigued. (laughs) You're offended. You don't want this kind of smut getting out. You're right. The Eskimos liked Red, and they gave him that bear. Your grandfather... Wait, (laughs) nope, that's not a grandfather voice at all. (laughs) The Eskimos liked Red, and they gave him that bear. 
your grandfather once told you, but it disappeared when he did. The Eskimos liked that bear, and they gave him your grandfather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were very close to your grandfather since he raised you after your parents died in a car accident when you were just an infant. But last winter, your grandfather died too, leaving you with no family and just the house. You own the house. You're a homeowner. I take back what I said about wanting a family mystery. Now I feel like I have to be writing down all these details about the... The family drama scenario. I mean, Mark, I can draw you a picture of his extant family tree right now. It is <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you know that your grandfather was about your age when Red Olson disappeared. His last words, spoken to you from his deathbed, were, Find out what happened to him. My bones won't rest until you do. It's summertime, and your cousins have gone to Europe for a long vacation. They invited you to go along, but you've got other plans. You're just going to jerk it all day, every day. They're uh -huh. out of the house for a whole summer. It's a teenage boy's <laughs> greatest fantasy. Well, you think that, and then three days in, you're dehydrated and like, <laughs> it looks like raw meat down there. Right. I had to go to the doctor because I had a headache all the time, and he said that I, I probably had a headache because I wasn't hydrated enough. And then he was like, well, do you run around a lot? And I said, no. And then he was like, do you work out much? And I said, no. Uh... And then he just kind of looked at me and he said, do you have a Speedo magazine next to your bed? <laughs> a Speedo magazine. That's hyper specific, Chris. Is, is it? <laughs> it's also gender neutral, right? Uh, uh, so they invited you to go along, but you've got other plans. We think that he's just going to jerk it. But no, here's his real plan. He's definitely not going to jerk it. Guys, listen to how realistic this sounds. You're going to attend the annual dinner of the Society of Arctic Explorers in Montreal, Canada. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nope, the next sentence is even yeah, better. Yeah, I can't wait for this one. Every year you're invited. And every wow. year you refuse because so much attention is paid to successful explorers like Evan Arthur Skagel. Who, once again, returned and yeah. didn't die. Uh -huh. This is like the like practitioners of Wicca uh, refusing their invitation to the National Scientific Conference because their ideas aren't taken seriously. It's like, we, we know you didn't get invited. It's okay that you didn't, you get, you didn't get invited. Methinks the explorer doth protest too much. Mm -hmm. But this time, you've decided to go anyway. You're, you could have gone to Europe for an entire summer, but instead you're like, I'll go to this meeting, I'll go to this dinner for one fucking night. I'm going to Canada to hang out with a bunch of explorers who deny the truth of my great-granddad. Yeah. Oof, another amazing picture. Yeah, geez, we're this dapper tux now, but we're definitely 10. Yeah, and we're friends with... Andy, man in the moon. Hold, somebody help me. Kaufman? Kaufman? Andy Kaufman. We're friends with Andy Kaufman. Uh, I was seeing more a, the Super Mario Brothers, Bob Hoskins, <laughs> right? Bob Hoskins with hair. Yeah. I feel like he's yeah. a cross between like uh, John C. Riley and Norm MacDonald. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good get. Yeah. He's sort of got the, the body shape of a, of a Norm MacDonald, but with the uh, hair and mustache of a just kind of the poor upkeep almost, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the grittiness, the grunge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a rented tuxedo, and it stinks like shrimp. Yeah. Someone else was renting it on the previous nine nights, all different people. <laughs> it has not been washed. You think the jacket was originally white, but it's now red from spilled shrimp cocktail Just sauce. so much shrimp. This dude loves shrimp. Actually, sorry, this is a joke that won't translate at all, but I like that 
from the scan of it, it looks like our elbow has melded with his pants, and that's what we're so <laughs> mad about. <laughs> sort of like amoeba, right? <laughs> yeah, like, great. We now just... we're just Siamese twin the whole night through, like, with yeah. the, my, my elbow stuck to your calf. <laughs> this guy's whispering to this child, like, hey, kid. <laughs> Bad news, Chief. <laughs> Your elbow stuck to my dick. Uh, Give it oh. a nice little wiggle there. <laughs> and the kid's like, I told you not to mess with all that science glue. Yeah, come on, mister. Uh, I'm trying to find the dead body over here. We don't uh, have any more real tuxedos, but you could take this tuxedo trouser fusion. You're going to have to share it with this other guy. <laughs> yeah, all I have left is this uh, tuxedo for Siamese twins. Is right. that going to be a problem for you guys? You're kind of like a weird centaur. Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> um, also keen-eyed observers will note that we aren't we're not we're not going international we're going from toronto to montreal it's about a four-hour car ride oh lame it's already montgomery canadian it wouldn't surprise me no he's he's from uh, like connecticut or something connecticut can yeah connect hold on connect 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 Kinetish. What is what is the word for a kinetic? Kinetic? I don't know. I was trying to do a bit, but now I literally don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Um. Hang on, just real quick. What are people from Connecticut? Okay, thank you, because I was gonna have to. Yeah. (laughs) Douchebags. Uh, People who live he people who live in Connecticut, or who come from Connecticut, are called Connecticuters. Fuck off. In seventeen o two, Cotton Mather referred to Connecticuters as Connecticut. Cotians. Samuel Peters referred to them as Connecticutians. Oof. Nicknames for the Connecticuters include nutmegs or nutmeggers, which, boy, that's got a lot of... So it sounds like we've stumbled upon an unsolved problem. No one knows a good thing to call people from Connecticut. Yeah, we. there's a lot of state nickname bullshit, and there's a lot of, like, funtrivia.com answers, but, like, I want, I want the Connecticut people to tell me. I got it. I got it. You ready? Yeah. Connecticuties. Okay, there yeah, it is. There it is. You're welcome, Connecticut. Uh, the Wikipedia has a list of demonyms for U.S. states and territories. Um, we should move on. Just real quick, though, Illinois is uh-huh. Il- is Illinois Illinoisan. Yeah, that's not that great. Okay, Illinois mind. makers. <laughs> Illa, come on, feel the noise. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should move on. You, <laughs> <laughs> you arrive in Montreal. A charming city of old stone. Illinoids. <laughs> Illinoids. Avoid the Illinoids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Illinois. <laughs> yeah, if you're mad at somebody from Illinois, they are an Illinoid uh-huh. to be avoided. You arrive in Montreal and check into the Ritz Hotel. Later, you go downstairs to the banquet hall where the dinner is to be held. A woman is checking off the guests' names and hands out name tags. You're descended from whom? She asks. Ed Olson. Oh, no, it's Chauncey again. The, the guy who didn't make it to Skagelmere Island, interrupts a loud voice behind you. It's Evan Arthur Skagel IV, a big burly guy with muscular arms and a little mustache. Apt. Oh, yes, here's your name. She hands you your tag. She hands you a piece of paper that says loser. <laughs> Just a big L. Uh, see you inside, says Skagel with a wicked grin. Not if I can help it, you think. 
plunging your knife into his back. (laughs) (laughs) Slipping the canister of poison into his drink. You find a seat at the long table in the banquet hall, as far from Evan Arthur Skagel IV. Y'all, we read all four parts of this motherfucker's name every time. He insists upon it. Yeah. Uh, An Arctic delicacy is served as an appetizer. Raw whale skin. You gulp it down quickly. Fortunately, gulp it. Yeah, gulp. Do you chew raw whale skin? I think like a skin, like a snake. You just oh, unhinge your jaw, retract your teeth. One move, keep it smooth. Yeah, glorp in it. (laughs) Glorp Uh, it down. As you eat, you look around the hall. Many prominent and wealthy people have been invited to the dinner in order to raise money for the society. The Eskimos. Real quick editorializing here. This book was published in 1988. I do think they mean Inuit people, um, probably. The Eskimos, whose knowledge of the terrain was of great value to those explorers who would listen, are also represented. An exhibit of Eskimo artifacts and art is on display in an adjoining room. All of the white people gather around and comment on how cute it is. (laughs) How how noble the people must be (laughs) to have done this without electricity. Later, a moving toast is made to your grandfather, who raised a lot of money for the society. And he loved moving toast. It was his favorite trick. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What is that like? One piece of toast is passed hand to hand around the table as quickly as possible. Jesus. He's been going on for 30 minutes. I'm going to go to the bathroom. No, no, no. If anyone leaves, he won't donate anything this year. We have to just sit through it. (laughs) When is it stopping a toast? He brought in an (laughs) instrument. He's left the building, but he never put his drink down. Yeah, he said ghost man on first and then left. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He he gave his glass to a stranger to keep aloft. He calls fives on the podium and then he leaves for four minutes and 59 seconds. He comes back and calls it again. (laughs) Where's he going? Uh, Guys, I checked the library records. He just put a reservation on this toast. And those are good for three weeks. You decide to go out for some air. You were such a sour little kid. Yeah. He was yeah. love it. We're angry in every picture. Yeah. Angrier than we've ever been in our 10 years on this earth. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Eskimo people have long been an interest of yours. That's real marginalizing. <laughs> so are matchbox cars and how ants can be so strong but so small. <laughs> you wander into the exhibit in the next room. Spotlighted in a glass case is a beautiful polar bear carved from a narwhal tusk. Oh, okay. We just took one precious animal and turned it into a different one. Is a narwhal endangered or just like super weird? It's basically a unicorn, so I I assume it's it's unique. It's like one of those Pokemon where you only get to like run up and press A once, and if you didn't catch it, you're never going to see it again. Okay. What does a narwhal evolve into? Uh, Dugong. Makes sense. Makes sense. Maybe Dugong evolves into Narwhal. I just never got him up high enough. And then a Narwhal becomes like a like a nuclear submarine. Yeah, it's just called Walnar or something because they always get bored of naming things halfway through. <laughs> Walnar. Walnar is a good name. This is a good strong name. It looks very much like the carving that Red Olson is holding in the faded brown photograph you treasure. You admire that carving. <laughs> a voice beside you says, "You're startled since you didn't hear anyone approach." Standing next to you is an Eskimo boy, about your age, with bright eyes and black hair. I like the wording of the question, you admire that carving. It's yeah. like, not are you admiring <laughs> it, it's more like, 
Hey, you fuck with carvings? Yeah. <laughs> um, we are used to moving softly in my country. He says as if in apology. My name is Nitnuk, and I am from Invit, a village in the Arctic where we try to keep the old ways. You nod. The carving is beautiful. You reply. Ian, I'm starting to actually feel like you're infringing on my trademarked Gorga voice. Listen, the promise was made that that would be the uh, protagonist's voice forevermore, and you were fine with it as long as we gave you credit. So, All right, fine. Give me credit. Yeah. Excuse me for being impolite, says Nitnuck with a smile, but you have what we call the mark of the midnight sun. You understand that he means your red hair, and you smile too. You have redheads in your village? You ask incredulously, looking at his coal black hair. Running oh. your hands through it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Smelling it, drawing it close to your face. Only one now, but there have been others. They He's... are our most precious resource. Do <laughs> <laughs> We value them for their milk. They burn like no others. <laughs> uh... I, I do not believe that they had too much sun, though. I believe the other story, that an explorer with red hair passed through our village a long time ago and left some children behind. <laughs> and that some of his descendants may have red hair to this day. That's not how kids work. He just kind of goes from village to village flinging kids out of his sack. It's like, these are yours now. Uh, yeah. no, so the reason that Red Olsen disappeared all those years ago was because he had child support payments that he was ducking out on. <laughs> yeah, he lived there for like three or four years, and then a, a bunch of women started to like notice what was going on. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, oh, nice knowing you. Well, yeah. that's that's not my kid. I mean, <laughs> but you know, how do you, how do you, how do you know, how do you know that it's my kid? Everyone right. else in the village has black hair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. If you're going to be a philanderer, you should really try to like condense your time window so that like You've 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 spread your seed as far as you're going to yeah. by the time the first victim starts showing. Yeah. Well, Sword victim a weird choice there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like it is. That's where that's where Red Olsen fucked up. He uh he fell in love. Aw. With fucking. <laughs> uh Mark, the line uh cast your seed as far as it will go. Like what did you say? Where it's like I'm trying to visualize. Um, I was yeah, I was trying to figure out what the most polite way to say was like. I mean, I could throw it. I could throw it probably fifty feet if I had to for whatever <laughs> weird reason. <laughs> the first Olympics were very strange. <laughs> Not only was everyone naked, but like for a reason. <laughs> oh, gross! Maybe it was my ancestor, Red Olson. You say, Red Olson was your ancestor. Question mark. He stayed in my village when my great-grandfather was a boy. Suddenly the lights go out, and the exhibition room is plunged into darkness. What the? Nitnuck shoots you with a gun. (laughs) A strong arm pushes against you, and you fall to the floor. You hear the sound of glass smashing, and then footsteps running out of the room and down the hallway. Guys, we've read like ten fucking pages. And here's our first choice. First choice. Do we chase after the assailant or do we stay and look after Nitnuck? Good choices. Mm. Good real choices. They are real choices. It's hard for me to not chase after the assailant, though. Yeah. yeah. I want to fight. I want to fight somebody. Same. We're just angry. We're, we've been spoiling for a fight all night. Yeah, yeah. We have rage in us, that the likes of which we've never seen. Finally, someone we will be applauded for beating the shit out of. 
through the screaming rage flowing through your ears, you hear a distant, aye! Yeah. You think it's a scream. You're, someone is strangling Nitnuck. With horror, you realize it's your hands clenched around his throat. Yeah, and then we have two. <laughs> and then we have two paragraphs on like what the berserker was in sort of ancient Germanic tribes. <laughs> As you fumble out of the exhibit hall in the dark, you see a bulky shape of a man silhouetted. Suff. Silhouetted, huh? <laughs> yeah. Silhouetted. Silhouetted against a lighted doorway at the end of the hall. You You're, know who it is? Red Larkin. No, it's the only bulky-shaped man we've met. Oh, fuck. Uh, Bumbles McGee, the great-grandson. Bumbles S- McGee the fourth. Yeah. Yeah, Edward Scoggin the fourth. <laughs> e- Evan, Evan Rachel Wood the fourth. <laughs> You're closing in on him when he pushes through the door, then slams it shut in your face, knocking you to the floor. He waits for your face to get back in, then slams it again. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got impeccable timing. Oh, shit, I just did a robbery. I should probably run instead of having fun. I just really want to smash this kid's face in the door. Want to destroy something beautiful. <laughs> We're actually Rachel Evans Coggins the fourth. <laughs> oh no, and we hate ourselves for stealing whatever we just stole. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the this whole book takes place in the past, and Ed Wood is our guy that we're fucking spoilers I ed guess. wood who the ed, fuck is ed wood uh he's a movie ed director Harris. he did plan nine from outer space you guys remember yeah. ed wood <laughs> you hear crashing and yelling behind the door although team ed wood although dazed you stand up run through the door and find yourself squarely in team jacob <laughs> Okay, the man is about to let himself out a door on the other side of the room. Unfortunately, he has strewn the path behind him with pots, pans, broken dishes, and angry chefs. Which he just throws out of his bag as he goes yeah. from town to town. <laughs> They're so mad. <laughs> like, he reminds you of your great-grandfather throwing children. Sorry. You mumble as you dodge through the mess and humans. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the man, you wonder? He could be Evan Arthur Skagel IV, you think. He's got the same build. But you're not close enough to be sure it's Skagel. He's the only other named character. And the only one with a motive to steal stuff, because he's a big dickhead. It's not a motive, that's a disposition. <laughs> uh, Mark, disposition equals motive. I watched the murder on the Orient Express. I watched how prejudice gets turned into judicial process. Yeah. Uh, wait, what was that one where they get the guy? The usual suspects. That's it. Is it really? No. Thinking okay. of the, making a monster? Is that it? Cereal. Cereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man dashes into a revolving glass door, and as it turns, you finally get a good look at him. It is Skagel, just as you suspected. Some mystery this has been. Yeah. Apparently, he thinks he's shaken you because he begins to walk at a normal pace. His uh, otherwise, his, his previously injured left foot uh, clearing up into a straight sort of like unmistakably confident walk. Good reference. Curious to see what he's up to, you trail along behind him. Skagel's right hand reaches into his jacket, and he comes out holding the flying bear sculpture. Skagel enters a store called Northern Lights, which, according to a sign in the window, specializes in Eskimo art and artifacts. Skagel talks to the clerk, a rat-faced little man, hopefully because he's a bad guy and not because we're just being mean. (laughs) It's It's Splinter. Oh, fuck. Splinter is a good rat face man. Mm-hmm. Then some money crosses the counter, followed by the polar bear carving. The two men shake hands, and as Skagel turned towards the door, you dart into a neighboring bookstore and duck behind a shelf. 
Why did Skagel steal this particular carving, you wonder? For money. Yeah. You just saw him exchange it for money. Was it for money? Or is it possible that the bear holds some clue to the fate of Red Olsen that Skagel doesn't want you to discover? He just money, sold right? it. He just no, 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 sold no, no, no. It. That's a good look. The money is the red herring. We wanted to get rid of it so that like, our character doesn't learn more about his past. You're saying he traded a white bear for a red herring. Uh-huh. Red, red Olsen herring. Red Larkin movie. Kicked over the red camera. Lobster his... is where we go because <laughs> our mom and dad and uncle are dead and we can't cook food. Red dog beer from the 90s, I think. Uh, red <laughs> Rover, Red Rover, send Skagel right over. Red Rover, Red Rover, send my parents back home, please. Please, <laughs> please send my parents back home. Uh, red he, Dead Redemption. The best kind of dead redemption. <laughs> if, if there is, uh, you know, th these books take place in a universe where sometimes there's magic and time travel. Mm -hmm. do, you think, do you think our protagonist of all protagonists deserves that more than like the asshole kid that found his way into a cave of time? I do love yeah, this guy. Sure, he's, right? he's the best boy. He's so mad. He like actually has a thing to be mad about. Yeah. I just, I can get behind this guy. Yeah. It's weird that you gave him the anemic child voice. It but is. Because I still love him. He's very confident. Uh, he probably is a lot more confident than that voice. He's probably got a lot of just simmering rage in every word. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't want to let it out through his words. He wants to let it out through his fists and his stomping boots. <laughs> I think we should talk to... Oh, did you do the... Did oh, you yeah, no. Okay, so our two choices are to either keep following Skagel or to confront the rat-faced clerk. Uh, we, I think we got to get that statue because, like, it's definitely the statue from the photograph, right? Oh, yeah, so I, I say we go for the statue. All right. The clerk looks up at you when you enter the store. May I help you? He asks, drumming his long yellow fingernails against the counter. Splinter, splinter, splinter. I'm looking for something, you say. A beautiful and unusual Eskimo carving I saw once. It was of a flying polar bear. When I say once, I mean 10 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How interesting, he says. I've never seen anything like that. You liar, you reply. <laughs> you just got that bear from Evan Arthur Skagel IV. I saw you put it behind the counter. Get lost, says the clerk. You grab his arm. <laughs> what the hell? Holy shit. And press it against the counter. Give me that carving. <laughs> behind you, the shop door opens. You start to turn around, but it's too late. A hard object comes down on your head and everything goes dark. When you come to, the shop is covered in blood. <laughs> not your blood. It's not your blood. You're fine. You're doused in gasoline and surrounded by flames. You don't remember that that guy had on a police officer's uniform, but there's definitely a police officer's uniform somewhere in the blood. Before you, you see the uh, previously alabaster white statue now covered in its sticky crimson. Yeah. Uh, was, this, was this man also a purveyor of human teeth? Because there are so many human teeth. Drifting in and out of consciousness, you wake once to the droning of a plane's engines. Oh my God. Later to the putt of a boat. And finally, with the worst headache you've ever had. Well, I mean, you just had to listen to a plane talk about stuff and then watch a boat play golf, so. <laughs> oh God, if you go back through and listen to the verb choices in that sentence, Chris's joke is very good. It's a very good joke. <laughs> 
This plane is so boring conversationally. Jesus Christ, you travel for work. We get it. Boat, listen, six, you get six strokes, boat, and then it's just a mulligan. Just mark six. Don't take a seventh stroke, boat. I want to meet interesting people, but I always get stuck talking to the most plain. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, now here comes, the, here comes the embarrassing part. Do I give you the bow or the stern? <laughs> As I shuffle by, right? So that connects plane joke, boat joke, and our running fight club gag we have. <laughs> one thing you really don't want in a boat is for it to have a hole in one. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts even to open your eyes, and you do it very slowly. When at last they're open, you find yourself in a large room with log walls that are hung with beautiful objects. You hear the sound of waves lapping against a shore. Wow, those waves are just running laps around that shore. I'm Chris. <laughs> the, the waves rim the coast. That's <laughs> <No>, not. <laughs> Looking out the window, you discover it's a long way to the ground. The ocean is visible, and many miles away, green mountains rise from the sea. An Asian man enters the room softly. What is with this weird fucking word softly to describe entering rooms? Ugh. Yeah. Isn't that how Nit Nitnuck <laughs> snuck up on us softly? Yeah, sure is. He's, he's wearing no shoes. He kind of like tiptoes up to you and lays a hand on your shoulder very gently. Yeah, yeah. An Asian man oozes into the room. Listen, <laughs> if, you look, if you look half as bad as you feel, people are going to tread pretty lightly around you, right? Like you're super <laughs> mad and also like, I guess, hung over? Yeah. Uh, you, you are awake, he says. Good. My name is Peng. He speaks gently. But you sense steel underneath the voice. Ping is wearing a white jacket and black pants. You can tell from the packet of cigarettes in his pocket that the steel voice is actually just one of those robot things. <laughs> uh, what's that called? Like a, tra like a trachea vibrator? That can't be it. That sounds bad. We'll just go with that. That's good. Trachea okay. vibrator. Yeah, no, you're Why right. Why not? Trachea vibrator. Yeah. Why work harder when you can work smarter? Grosser. <laughs> Perhaps you would care for a painkiller, Ping says. I don't take pills from strangers, <laughs> you reply, uh, 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 betraying your age. <laughs> Where am I anyway? On an island off the coast of British Columbia. It is impossible to escape from here, unless you are a marathon swimmer. You're not. Says the narrator from Arrested <laughs> Development. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ron Howard, yeah. Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard. It's Edward. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Granger would like to see you now. Come with me. He turns around, and on the back of his head is another face. Hi, I'm <laughs> Mr. Granger. <laughs> this book is weird. You're scared. More scared than you've ever been. <laughs> Ping leads you down two flights of stairs and along several corridors. You're in the largest and most beautiful house you've ever seen. Guys, there's a lot of like... The most ever? Su superlatives. Yeah. yeah. It's because you're 10. <laughs> like you've never seen an R-rated film. Right. <laughs> Ping the is the most Asian man you've ever seen. Yeah, he entered house. the room more softly than anyone ever has. <laughs> Your head is the most hurt it's ever been. That plane was the scariest high up you've ever been. That plane was the most boring plane you've ever talked to. <laughs> the walls are covered with paintings, and there are sculptures that you thought existed only in museums. Where did Mr. Granger get such beautiful copies? You ask. They're not copies, Ping replies. Mr. Granger collects only originals. Like you. 
See, this is why he didn't take Skagel. He's not an original. He's of the fourth. Oh, good point. You're a lot more kidnappable. Mm-hmm. It's probably cheaper to ship you, too, I think. Also, Skagel's a clone. Oh, now it's that weird Arnold Schwarzenegger movie nobody saw. Okay. <laughs> the sixth day or something. Ping knocks at a door, opens it, and motions you inside. The man sitting at the enormous desk in front of a window that silhouettes his silver hair smiles when you enter. I'm Sidney Granger. Love it. He says, offering you his hand. You're dazzled for a minute by the diamond rings on his fingers. Yes. And the diamond-studded watch. It's the diamondiest ever. <laughs> you've, you've ever seen. You notice that in the middle of his desk, in plain view, sits the stolen Eskimo carving. Covered in diamonds. Well, and a criminal who's that brazen has no intention of letting you go, right? Yeah. Like... With one look at the uh, polar bear sculpture, you realize you will die here. Yeah. <gasps> the polar bear, you say with a gasp. This little carving is a rare and fine example of the classical period of Eskimo art. And this little carving went to the market. And he's pulling out a hammer. He motions for you to set your hand on the table. I have wanted for a long time to add it to my collection. To your collection? You scream, mustering up your best Indiana Jones impression. You stole it. My collection was incomplete until this bear came into my hands and then was set on my desk. Oh, no. <laughs> You just can't not make that joke. I it's such a good joke. Like, just quit using that verb, children's books authors. It's a very necessary common verb. How else would you say that? My collection was incomplete until I acquired this bear, right? Yep. My collection yeah. was incomplete until a bear jizzed on me. <laughs> <laughs> then I had it all. Money, fame, diamonds, bear cum. <laughs> a, a bear-human hybrid brewing in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to my new uh, venture, the Island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> I have a very fine and extensive art collection. Unfortunately, I can show it to very few people. You're because not... there are laws against this kind of thing. <laughs> it's mostly cum. <laughs> the most exotic cum you've ever seen. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> I mean, it's bear cum. You're lucky to have seen as much as you have. Not that lucky, you think, glancing nervously toward the door where Ping still stands, smiling mysteriously. Oh, man. Child peril. Yeah. You... I can't just let you walk away from here. Why did you bring me here? However, you seem to be bright and energetic. There might be a spot for you in my organization. What do you say? Will you accept my generous offer? So... Guys, are we going to refuse to work for him or accept to work for him? Honestly, I think we have to refuse because we've had a choice like this a few times and it's almost always an instant like honor loss uh, and you just lose the book. Yeah, I don't know. I think let's be art thieves. That seems like a dope life. We're already wearing the tuxedo. All we have to do is take off the name tag we've still been wearing and uh, that'll make spying a lot easier. Yeah, I would rather bust up a, a ring of art thieves than become one of them. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Mark's side just because yes. page 24 is not an ultimate death condition, and I want to see what happens to it. Because I think, well, we might just die on page 99, but we'll see. Chris, put a finger in it. We'll, uh, we'll, go back <laughs> to, we'll go back to it if we're dead. There's no way I'd ever work for a crook like you. You reply hotly. Oh, can you say it more hotly? Yeah. 
There's no way I'd ever work for No, I can't do it. I can't do Ugh. a sexy kid voice. <laughs> it makes me real uncomfortable. Please don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that makes three of us. <laughs> you think you hear thunder, but it's really just your uh, molars cracking as you grind your jaws together. <laughs> uh, I only felt like this once before, you thought, remembering your grandfather crying. <laughs> Pity, says Sidney Granger. Then he nods towards Ping. Get rid of this pest. In a flash, Ping is at your side. But softly. Your hands, please. <laughs> in, a so- in a soft flash. <laughs> That's the worst version of the flash. <laughs> Gross. It's better than the hard flash. <laughs> uh, your hands, please, he says. Y- you refuse, but he's quick and skilled in an ancient martial art. There's oh. the racist part of it. Yeah, <laughs> probably just said he's stronger than you. <laughs> Before you can get out of the way, he has grabbed your hands, whipped them behind your back, and tied them together. You're taken down to a path to the water's edge, where Ping ties you to a tree and leaves you alone. By this point, all of the blood vessels in your eyes have burst from your rage. Right, right. Your hair turns yellow and shoots up and stands on its own. (laughs) (laughs) You struggle to free your hands, but the knots are very tight. The sun has almost set when Ping reappears in a motorboat. He pulls up mm-hmm. to the shore and forces you into the boat. I thought sure you're just going to tie us to this tree and leave us alone because he doesn't yeah. have the stomach for murder. But when you're about halfway across the water to the mountains, Ping cuts the engine. The time has come, he says, smiling as he pushes you into the water. Buck, as you struggle to stay afloat, Ping grabs your hands and cuts the cords that binds them together. Good luck, he whispers, restarting mm-hmm. the engine. At least you have the use of your hands, but you're not a very good swimmer. And it will be dark soon, and the water is freezing, and it's a long way to shore. The end. Jesus. Yeah, good call, Chris. I didn't think these kids uh, were going to fucking murder a child. Uh, yeah, they really early. went into a lot of detail about yeah. how we were murdered. Yeah, that was three pages of just, like, yeah. slow death. I really like Ping's dapper tuxedo outfit he's got going on. Yeah. Like, he's in a motorboat in a bow tie. That's pretty cool. And he just murdered a kid, so, like, double cool. Yeah, he's a very cool James Bond type character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A killing machine. We're more of a Daniel Craig Bond, I think. Yeah, Ping is a Sean Connery Bond, just killing without remorse. Doesn't Agreed. learn anybody's names. I feel like we're Liam Neeson in the body of uh, Michael Sarah. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like everything about that. <laughs> Except the mustache. The mustache is the best part. Okay, so we're going to have to go back and uh, accept his offer of crimes, right? Right, right. I accept your offer. You mumble, hoping Granger doesn't suspect what you're really thinking. Hoping Ping doesn't notice your crossed fingers behind your back. (laughs) (laughs) It requires a lot of training to apprentice in the world of black market art, so you study very hard for a month. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's that's just not very long. No, that's not very long. To learn a new skill. Mm -mm. You can't wait for the day when you'll have a chance to expose him and return the works to their rightful owners. It's Russian oligarchs. It's just all the yeah. people who own <laughs> They bought it with slave <laughs> money. God. These people stole it in a war, so it's theirs. <laughs> <laughs> One day, trying to find out more about the bear carving, you ask Granger to let you study it. Since you're so interested in Eskimo art, I'm going to send you on your first assignment. To the bottom of the lake. Yeah. <laughs> Turn to page 99, then 112, <laughs> then 114, and close the book. <laughs> Granger tells you that a museum in Vancouver has acquired a valuable Eskimo sculpture and wants you to break into the museum that very night and steal it. 
Granger gives you a floor plan of the museum and instructions on how to turn off the alarm system. Just unplug it, he says. <laughs> the museum guard makes his rounds every hour on the hour. You'll have just enough time to get in and out between the rounds. It's going to take us 59 minutes to steal a little sculpture. Yeah. That night, Ping takes you to the mainland in a small, fast boat. You get a real weird sense of foreboding. <laughs> uh, oh, Ping, I just had the weirdest dream. As usual, he smiles to himself and says very little. I think, like, I admire our rage, but I think Ping is my favorite character. Ping is pretty cool. He did a murder. Yeah. And, and he's so soft. Yeah, he was so suave about it. Yeah. Yeah, he moves softly. He's very suave. He, like, tied us to a tree so that he could go get the boat. I mean, just, yeah. what a baller move. At last, he turns off the engine, lets the boat coast to shore, and drops you near the museum. He will be back to pick you up in exactly one hour. You make your way across the lawn in front of the museum by the light of the moon. You want to find the guard and tell him what's going on, but you're afraid to call out. It's possible that this break-in is a test of your loyalty, that Ping has come ashore too and is watching you from somewhere. He oh, moves man. so fucking softly, he could be anywhere. So do we enter the building, by which they do mean break in, mm. uh, or make a run for it? We did the choice to play along once. We're not just going to keep taking that same choice over and over, right? Mm -hmm. Like We're not really point, criminals. Enough is enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, clearly I'm outvoted here, but I do actually just want to be a criminal, so. <laughs> <laughs> you did train for a whole month. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Following Sydney Granger's instructions, you diffuse the alarm system. I don't know if that's the right verb. <laughs> the alarm system is dynamite. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. That is pretty insane. If you trip it, it'll be very alarming. <laughs> Somebody broke in and exploded. <laughs> Our security system got the thief and ruined everything we were trying to protect. The main hall is filled with totem poles that cast long shadows in the moonlight. You pick your way from shadow to shadow and enter the room with the Eskimo sculpture that Granger wants. A narwhal tusk, meticulously carved into the shape of a dog team, pulling a man on a sled. Well, these Inuit are really a one medium kind of people. <laughs> yeah, narwhal tusk or mm -hmm. bust. You notice yeah, that something... Yeah, or, or their bust. I guess you could carve into their bust. <laughs> like narwhal... Oh, yeah, you could have like a little bust. Yeah, like you could have a, a bust of a narwhal. A pallid bust of palace. Track of the bear, bust of the narwhal. <laughs> it's just a narwhal from the shoulders up, and it's like, what are the, what are the shoulders of a... The shoulders of a narwhal! <laughs> On the shoulders of giants. <laughs> uh, you, you didn't earn this knowledge, John. You stood on the shoulders of narwhals. <laughs> <laughs> they went underwater, and you could not swim, and you have drowned. Man inherits earth. Man <laughs> creates narwhals. <laughs> Narwhals eat man. man. Woman inherits the earth. This is a really buck wild sentence and concept, you guys. You notice that something strange is happening to you in the shadows of this museum. <laughs> You're beginning to feel like a thief. It's thrilling to be here, to put your hand on something beautiful, valuable, and forbidden. Oh, it's so juicy. It's so beautiful. I can, what is this? My body, I, I so didn't want to become a thief, but now that I'm in it. A, a sweet scar just forms across your eye. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you have a million cover IDs, uh, and you go by Lucenzo. You find yourself smoking, but you didn't have any cigarettes when you came in here. <laughs> uh, suddenly, you hear a vicious snarl behind you. Your reverie is broken. You hate being a thief. You're so sorry. You're not a thief. You're not a thief. You're not a thief. 
Thieving would be great, but consequences. <laughs> Something strange is happening to you in the shadows of this museum. You're reaping what you've sown. <laughs> Granger never mentioned guard dogs, but this must be one. Hopefully. God, the alternative is worse. Like another <laughs> another person has broken into the museum and is acting like a dog. That's I'll It's definitely ping, right? Like he's on all fours behind uh -huh, you. Uh-huh. He's he got moved. a bone in his mouth and he's ready to play. <laughs> he moves so softly. A guard steps up behind the dog. He shines his flashlight in your face, then on the narwhal tusk where your hand is still resting. Looks like you've got some explaining to do, he says gruffly. That's putting it very gently. Fuck! You've got a story to tell, but will the guard believe it? Would you? Your hand reaches for the Walther PPK at your waist. <laughs> <laughs> the end. You wouldn't shoot a man like me. I got, a, I got a family. I got a wife and kid at home. Your hand wavers for only a moment, and you put a bullet into the skull of the guard dog. You see Skagel's face on the, on the face of everyone you come in contact with. <laughs> in a way, Skagel gave you the greatest gift of all. He freed you from the shackles of morality. <laughs> <laughs> this was a good ending. This was a good ending. Yeah, all that thieving knowledge didn't come in too handy. Yeah. You planned for the guard, but not for the dog. So if you had developed some dog fighting techniques, you could have ran away. Dog fighting? Like ability to fight, like human, human versus dog fighting. No, no, no. You just bring a dog to fight the other dog. Yeah. Uh, but if they have like a guard eagle, you also have to bring a, a, a fighting eagle to take down the eagles. I just brought a, I just brought a fighting manimal, so it can pretty much transform into whatever uh, threat. I brought a fighting anamorph, uh, but... <laughs> He can only turn into a, a like a, a a small bird. So, before I send you on this art thieving mission, touch this blue box. Yeah, yeah, that about does it uh, this week for the track of the bear. We uh, we definitely stayed on on the track of the bear all the way to the point where we uh, <laughs> overtook the bear. Got killed. Got arrested. Yeah, kidnapped. It's great, honestly. This book I think has put me put me in the R.A. Montgomery camp. Yeah. Team Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm sorry, Edward Packard. You got screwed, and that sucks. But R.A. Montgomery was cranking out better books. So, yeah, the Track of the, tra track of the Bear, uh, a good book, good times. Unfortunately, we did turn to a life of crime. We're a minor, so we'll be out in a couple months and probably be in, a, in and out of juvenile hall. I mean, we were also coerced into it by threat of violence, right? Yeah, we we do have we can expose the entire operation, the entire Sydney Granger operation, and uh, probably in there somewhere bring down Evan Rachel Wood the Fourth. <laughs> Evan Rachel, <laughs> let's let's hope. Um, but until next time, I'm Ian. I'm Chris. I'm Mark. And remember, always choose responsibly. Ian, you nailed the outro. I that know, was dude, a this great was a really outro. good book. I yeah. really. <laughs>